Hey everybody, welcome to episode 140 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course, I am joined by Dave Hogue. What's up, man? Well, it's been a little while. I know, I've missed you. That's on my fault. No, it's not your fault. You went and spent time with my your doing, family during my the doing, summertime. Yes. <laughs> that's, not, that's not your fault. That's you making wise personal decisions and making memories with your family. This is true. Went camping with my son and went to the lake with everybody. Well, everybody minus my my oldest daughter. So, But we've kind of entered that phase of life where yeah, she's, like an adult she's starting her own family. Yeah. So... Uh, on a scale of zero to Bear Grylls, how wild was your trip with your son? How wild was it? Well, well one night we like, stayed. Were you like, were you like devenomizing snakes so you could eat them for <laughs> dinner over your open fire while peeing on stuff to leave the bears away? So I would say we're like we were at a six because Ooh. we actually slept. We actually slept in a tent. We actually collected all our own firewood. We actually cooked our own food. Um, so, yeah, not very wild, but um, we stayed in the Nebraska National Forest. Time out. There's a national forest in Nebraska? So it's like man-made, and it's like five, <laughs> it's like five acres of pine trees. That's cool. But the funny thing is, is it has all the like U.S. like national park, you know, emblems on everything. And it had a park ranger and really, yeah, that, that was kind of one of those, like, it was kind of a funny little, like, I didn't even realize that's where we were Are staying. Are you sure it was a park ranger and not a super trooper making it? It was movie? a park ranger. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I, I w- if that had been a question on like you know a game show or a quiz, I would have thought, oh, surely they're lying. That can't be a real thing. Yeah. Mm, today I learned, Dave. Yep. So Nebraska, it is in the Sand Hills of Nebraska, which is another thing I did not know existed. Nor I. And and we found we that was kind of a fun little yeah learned or like discovery like didn't know it existed and. Yeah, I meant cool. I meant no shade towards Nebraska there. I just would not have thought they would have had a national forest. Like truly, like when I reserved it, it did not have that. And like when I was like, you know, kind of trying to find it on the map, I couldn't find it. And then I was like, oh, we're actually going to the Nebraska National Forest. <laughs> All right. And it, like I said, it's man-made. It is not a natural forest. So. I bet the oxygen quality was impeccable. It was adequate, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody got... Was that an ill-timed rim shot? I waited about five <laughs> seconds too long for that. So, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, I have a new toy. You do have a new toy. Indeed. It uh, It allows us to, you know... Do things like this. <laughs> I feel like I need to work on my comedy routine. Yeah, otherwise you'll get some of this. Those are crickets, by the way. Or birds dying, I can't quite tell. But <laughs> the point is... <laughs> I felt like that should have had a rim shot on Yeah. It. <laughs> I don't want to overdo it, Dave. That's the problem. <laughs> So, 
I have I have this new thing that allows us to uh, add any audio file I want. Now, Ooh. if we want our podcast to you know stay in all the podcast directories, I can't play copyrighted material, right? So it's not like I mean it's going to play a Rich Mullins album for you, Dave, on the podcast and record it. Can't do that. Um, but what I can do is you know uh, make make uh, make us a late '90s sitcom. <laughs> No, I'm going to get rid of the outro because that's annoying. And uh-huh. at this point, you're probably wondering, what what are they doing to the show? What's going on? Usually we talk about <laughs> Jesus and theology <laughs> and culture and, you know, things that, that don't require laugh tracks. Um, so my hope is this, that you, dear listener, dear, dear, dear human who chooses to listen to this show, one... I think that makes you awesome. Secondarily, please help me get rid of these sounds. That reminded me of Let's Make a Deal. Do you know what that is? I think so. <laughs> is it like Deal or No Deal? Eh, Did Howie much. Mandel host it? Probably not. Uh, but the point is, I have I have the ability to replace these sounds mm. with things that could be much more valuable to both mm. you and Dave and I. Now, what could that be? What would be more valuable than uh, a spooky sound? That uh, was really loud. I know. I'm sorry. That one is louder. <laughs> See, we could replace that one with someone calling in and oh. sharing their thoughts <gasps> and opinions on previous episodes. Well, wow. How would they call in, Dave? I'm guessing you have a phone number for him. I do. So we now have a phone number that you can call and you can leave a voice message at this number. <sighs> That's and awesome. And I can take that voice message and I can put it on one of these buttons. And instead of hearing this, you will hear your voice telling us uh-huh. and all of our other listeners what you thought about something we talked about in a previous episode. It doesn't have to be last episode. It could be episode two. Mm. 138 episodes ago. Four and a half years ago. And if what you say brings some insight into what we talked about back then, you better believe we're going to talk about it and we're going to play your, your audio sample and then we can respond to it. And so that number is in the show notes, but I'll just say it now just because, holy cow, we have a phone number you can call, which is so cool. It's 815-277-9215. Again, that's (laughs) 815-277-9215. That will be, there'll be a link in the show notes for every episode here on out. So if you're listening on your phone and you hear something and you have a thought, you can hit pause, click that button or that link, rather, hit call and immediately share your thoughts with us, and then we can share your thoughts with the other folks that listen to the show. And hopefully this is a, a, a cool opportunity to add more interactivity between you as listeners, us as hosts, and also listeners to listener, right? You guys can start having conversations with each other this way. Um, I think it'll be a really cool addition to the show and will allow us to... Uh, broaden kind of our ability to, um, you know, 
provide a a a different feel to the show, which I'm really excited about. Uh, secondarily, if you if you want to maybe like I don't want to share my opinions, whatever. Yeah, well, that's great. Here's what I want you to do, anyways. Click on the button or the 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 link that says call us, and then when it gets to the voicemail, just say hi. My name is Abe Lincoln. I live in Illinois. And then give your best intro or outro to the show. And in episodes moving forward, it would be really cool to have listeners intro the episode and outro the episode. Nice. So you could be like, for me, it'd be like, hey, I'm Cam. I'm from Kankakee, Illinois. Hope you guys really like this episode. Here you go. And then boom, <laughs> theme music hits. I intro the episode and Dave and we go for it. And you just send us on our way. Or you can nice. be like, hey, I'm Dave Hogue. I'm from <laughs> Kansas. I've got a very, very awesome mustache. Wasn't that episode wonderful? Be sure to call in and share your thoughts. Ta-ta for now. <laughs> There's a lot of hand-waving that only Dave saw there. <laughs> but anyways, I'm beating a dead horse at this point. The point is, we now have the ability to do this, and it would be super cool um, to get... More voices, more uh, opinions, more uh, worldviews, you know, because like Dave and I tend to agree a lot, right? That's kind of our thing. I know. Not not because like we want to, just because that's how it works. And it would be really cool to like have other people like, hey, hey, guys, you didn't think of it this way. And then we'd be like, holy cow, you know, we didn't. And that'd be really fun. So anyways, Dave. Thoughts, opinions, what what are, what are you thinking about all this? No, I'd I'd love some feedback from some from folks to hear what they have to say. Jerome, not that long ago, presented us with some topics that honestly I'm still hashing out and still working through. And so um just appreciate that feedback, that input from from our listeners and it does not have to be super super deep it does not have to be super complicated it could be a question it could be a statement it could be a disagreement uh just anything that anybody has uh we'd love to hear from them and uh interact with them so yeah i appreciate you setting this up i'm just excited that we can finally do this in a way that's gonna be super easy and um not sound like someone's talking through a drive through at Wendy's. <laughs> Which now reminds me of the whole Wayne's World bit, but... <laughs> Do you know that bit? Yes. Hi, I'd like eat eyes and burgers, <laughs> and, and then the, the, the lady working the register just totally nails the order. <sighs> Man, the 90s, they were such such a good time, right? <laughs> I didn't make a joke, but the laugh track to me embodies everything that was both good and wonderful and awful about the 90s. Now someone's going to call in and say, hey, idiot, laugh tracks for the 90s and the 2000s. And I'd put that on the show. I would. Because, you know, yes, I'm not afraid to be wrong. I would say they're also the 80s. Yeah, well, to be fair, I was in diapers for most of that decade. So, <laughs> Well, most of the part of that decade that I was alive. Anyways... We we have stuff to talk about, don't we, Dave? We do. 
before we get into it, I just want to say it feels good to be back on the show. We had a little, little, <laughs> a little midsummer hiatus there that we didn't tell anyone about because <laughs> whoopsies. But we are we are back, and it's just it's nice to be. Yes, I would agree. Back in the saddle. Where are we at tonight, Dave? What are we talking about? So, we are in Romans 9. Well, we're going to finish Romans 9, verse 30. And this is one of the things I've never completely understood is how they divided up the Bible into chapters and verses and all that kind of stuff. Because we're going to go from verse 930 to 10... Four in Romans, because that's really kind of where the thought is completed. I will read that if you're ready. I'm just impressed you said ten four and didn't make a police joke. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Dave. You're a better Thank man you. than I am. <laughs> yes. All right. Are we ready? I'm, I'm gonna. St- I'm still gonna resist. <laughs> Roger. Roger that. So, okay. So Romans 9.30 through verse 10.4. Good buddy. Good buddy. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Dog. I'm such a child. Okay, sorry. I'm such a child. <laughs> All right. Here we go. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> Save the podcast, Dave. Please go. All right. Romans 9.30. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever blames, whoever believes in him, will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart desire, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So there's a lot here. Yeah. Yeah, Romans hasn't exactly been light. No, 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 no. Romans is like the 400, 500 level course. (laughs) So, interestingly, we don't do this very often, but it's standing out to me tonight, is the title of this section, and again, this is not, scripture per se, but this is somewhere somebody along the line decided that this should be in there. Romans 9.30-10.4 is titled Israel's Unbelief. And I don't know that I would have put that title there. I don't claim to be you know, a scholar or somebody who should be putting titles on Bible verses. But on initial inspection for me. Well, okay. But if you look, if you look at the previous headers, right? 
and again, we're not saying the headers are scripture. They're just there to kind of help us get the idea. Chapter 8, I'm going back even further. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So if we go back to chapter 4, I'm just going to read the headers real quick, and this might explain the header we're at. Chapter 4 starts, Abraham justified by faith. The promised realized through faith. Peace with God through faith. Death in Adam, life in Christ. Dead to sin, alive to God. Slaves to righteousness. Released from the law, the law and sin. Life in the spirit. Heirs with Christ. Future glory. God's everlasting love. God's sovereign choice. And then we land at Israel's unbelief with the next segment being the message of salvation to all. So you can kind of see this trajectory that Paul has been building, right? This argument that he's working towards. The law brought sin. Christ brought life. The law and works and the sin from Adam brought death only through faith Jesus is this stuff removed and so to say that Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it that is a righteousness that is by faith but Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law why because they did not pursue it by faith which has been a huge thing these past five, six chapters, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. So, hmm. I don't know really what to say here other than that. I have never really done that exercise of reading those headers Mm -hmm. to kind of chart out where the argument is going, but that might be really helpful, especially in a book like this. I don't know. What what say you, sir? It talks about Israel's unbelief. And I and, and I'm with you. I've never really done that exercise either. And um probably even been a little bit dismissive on those titles. But looking over what we have been to and where we arrived at, I honestly I feel like in a lot of ways this applies to Christianity today, particularly in the culture where I live, where we live. And there's, I can't help but feel there's an element of we've returned back to works again. That it's, that it's about sort of doing the right thing and believing the right thing and hanging out with the right people and voting for the right person. And, you know, it's this whole like collective of, if you're a Christian, then these sort of things should be true about you, an element of dogma, and simply this idea of they have stumbled over the stumbling stone. I suppose I could be, con- uh, you know, I don't want to be completely like self-righteous, like I'm above all this, but I have not pursued it by faith, but it's truly been based on works. And... I just think we miss the point of grace. I think we miss the point of what God has done for us and being dependent on works and not allowing faith to have the prominent role 
in our lives, in my life as it should. I think I agree with you there. My one rebuttal, and I think you would agree, is James, right? Chapter 2, uh, mm-hmm. what good is it? Verse 14, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that sure. faith save him? Sure. And and again, I'm not, I'm not uh, what's the word here, um, saying that you're going all faith, no works, but I think you're responding to this concept of like, if we just do the right stuff and say the right things, then that means we're good Christians versus what I, what I think you're saying is that there needs to be a balance between, you know, what we say we believe and what we do, right? Like those things need to be in cohesion like if I say I'm a Christian, but I'm at the strip club every weekend, like there's a conflict there, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and 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 <laughs> explain that delay, please. Go. <laughs> well, so so I guess I like where I'm at is is I feel like there's there's an element of. And I, I don't want to get too preachy here, but I feel like there's an element of, you know, it, it doesn't have to be as um, e- extreme about going to a strip club or that sort of thing. There's, there's an almost an element of, I believe the right things in terms of, I'm pro-life. I think abortion is bad. And that's adequate. And this is this is actually a conversation we had last night at dinner of just wow. of truly like saying like like what does it mean to be pro life? Because I think and boy, I didn't intend to this to go this way, but this is oh, what my pause this is what my pause was of you know, it's one thing to say I'm pro life, which in my vernacular, I've I've started saying, well, what you really mean is you're anti-abortion, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a lot of people that say that would say that they're pro-life, but then there's nothing in their life that would point to them being pro-life other than they post things on the internet or they post things on social media that support being pro-life. And what I mean being pro-life is, if you're truly pro-life, do you go out there then and support single moms? Do you go out there and support foster parents? I'm not even mm-hmm. saying you have to be a foster parent. I know this is a conversation we've had before, and I don't want to totally rehash it, but it's even those things of... So my, my, my pause was, everybody would agree that going to the strip club, okay, we don't do that as Christian. But then there's certain things that we say, yes, this is Christian, and there's an awful lot of like sort of lip service to it, without actual doing anything. And I don't even know if I'm making sense at this point, but no, no, the, I'm, I am, as we, as we spoke earlier, uh, off air, I am practicing the art of filtering my strong opinions. <laughs> so as not to put my foot <laughs> straight into my mouth and break all my, yeah. Teeth. Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. And like, especially that, the, the pro-life bit, like, that term is so 
politically and culturally charged that it yeah. has become different things to different people, right? And to your sure. point, to your point, I think folks that that land in our camp on this subject would say, "Yes, you are anti-abortion." Which I'm anti-abortion. Yes. Absolutely. But what I would never ever ever do is condemn a woman who's had an abortion. No. No, Because no, no, what no. good does that do? No. If I it, say none. I condemn you because you murdered an unborn child, am I ever going to get a chance to show that person who Jesus is? No. I have completely submarined any chance other than the Holy Spirit doing something insane in that situation, right? Which would involve a lot of conviction on my end, right? But if if I, as a, as a Christian person, came into a relationship with someone who had had an abortion and approached it from, how can I love? How can I show grace? How can I... Uh, care for this person and show compassion and i'm not a compassionate guy i suck at compassion i'm just not it's just not me right but like when it comes to matters like this i have to think that way what literally what would jesus do right how would jesus (laughs) approach this woman and i have to say you know in in my head like well you did something that i don't agree with that doesn't make you a bad person or unworthy of forgiveness or or of like or of what i've been given right eternal life if i deserve it everyone and it does i i don't deserve eternal life let me take that back right away if i have been given it then surely everyone else on the planet has the opportunity to be given it because i'm a sinner i fall short of the glory of god every day I say and do and think things that I shouldn't, that I know are wrong. And I just, I, I, I can't, especially on this topic of abortion, right? Like, I cannot see how being aggressive towards people that are wanting to, you know, legalize it or, or, or whatever, like, how is being aggressive towards those people going to do the kingdom of God, any good. I don't, it, it's at that point, it's politics. And as soon as politics enters the conversation, it is no longer Christianity. And that may piss a lot of people off that hold their politics and their faith tightly together. And that's a strong opinion I'm okay to have because I think that as soon as your faith and your politics become so intertwined, you cannot tell them apart, you have an issue. And, oh man, I'm in the hot water now, Dave. I cannot fathom how we can look at the life of Jesus, look at the entirety of Scripture, look at the world, the universe that God has created, and think, you know, the best chance I have at helping this person see the truth is to condemn them for murdering a baby. How about let's just start at the fact that that's probably the hardest decision that person's ever made and say, you know what? I've never been in that situation. I'm not going to condemn you. I want to come alongside you and see how can I show you compassion and love and grace, and in that, show you what I know to be the truth. 
versus holding up a picket sign and being the exact opposite representation of what God wants us to be on this planet. Okay, your turn. No, so I think you articulated that very, very well of just, and this is even like, I I feel like this is like a nuance that we've lost in our world. And even as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grasp it. I'm trying to, to like understand it because I feel like there's like, we don't understand how to have conviction Mm -hmm. and have this, like, this is what I believe. This is what I hold to be true. But then, then love that other person who has maybe, well, no, has completely violated what we hold to Mm -hmm. be true and be okay with it. And just to be in this place of like, like you said of, I I am not a woman. I've never been pregnant. I never will be pregnant. I will never be pregnant in the concept of an unwanted pregnancy. Um, My 18-year-old daughter would then tell me, then shut up because you can't have an opinion on that because you could never be in that situation. That's a different, that's a different story. But but I guess I, I where I'm where I'm where what I'm landing at is this place of you. So I have a conviction about a certain topic, whether it be abortion or not. You have violated that conviction. You've done something that completely just disseminates or disseminates. That's not the word I was looking for. <laughs> well, we are talking about pregnancy, so yeah. <laughs> decimates that completely decimates i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to put a don't let your kids listen to this episode (laughs) no you know what no forget that sex is a good thing they should they should hear that so so it's just but just this idea of i can still love you i can still meet you where you're at and it's even in that it is not my job to convict you of anything no you know that is that is are you going to tell me? Because no, I'm not I'm, sure. I'm, you know, Dave. <laughs> Remember, it starts with H, ends in Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm kidding, but like, that's, that is what the Holy Spirit is here to do, right? Yeah. And so, how, like, so again, I, this is, I'm truly just wrestling with this and struggling with this because. I have many people in my life. Well, no, I, I, maybe I'm not struggling with this. There are many people in my life that do things that go against God's design, his desire, his plan. Dude, I do that every day. Well, that's, um, it, it may be you and it may be me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's both of us. Like, it's not just these people that have done these things that have suddenly... And yet, like, I just, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting emotionally hijacked on this, this no, topic. But you know, you just, know what else the Holy Spirit's job is to translate those moments where oh, you absolutely. don't have the words, but God knows. No, no, no. That, that doesn't absolutely. help our listeners, but no, God it knows what you're on to. 
but 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 so ultimately it's just one of those things where i'm like i i, I this verse in particular i i just um i feel like there's the the, the just the term stumbling block or stumbling stone is how the esv puts it because they did not pursue it by faith but as it were based on works they've stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So, one, I'm going to rest in the fact that I believe in him, and then he's going to cover all of this. And there's an element of just sort of kind of pulling away the crap that I guess I was led to believe as I was growing up in my faith, that I've kind of come to this point of, I love those people in my life who maybe don't match what scripture says they should be, or I don't even know that's maybe the right way to say it, but of just loving people and meeting them where they're at, allowing the Holy Spirit to do the conviction and then just walking people through their walking with people through their pain, their confusion, they're just kind of like maybe if it's it's a complete pushing off of I don't want God in my life. And being with those people in that moment of just saying, you know what? I don't care that you don't want God in your life. I love you. And I want to show you Jesus. I want to be salt and light. I don't want to preach to you. I don't want to condemn you. I want the Holy Spirit to do all his things that he needs to do. In the moment, I want to be your friend. I want to point you towards God and not just believe the right thing or do the right thing, but just completely abide in his grace and know that we are forgiven in a way that goes beyond our complete understanding to just be okay with that. Yeah. I don't know if I know how to do that, but that's where I guess I long to be. And I don't know if that makes any sense or not, no, but you're, you're good. And, and I'm going to jump on to the, the one piece. So like we've talked about the stone of stumbling mm-hmm. and the belief, right? A rock of offense. I yeah. want to just hit on that really quick. Now, sure. People will be like, oh, stumbling block, rocket, they're the same thing. But the word mm. here is so like there's a stumbling block, right? That's something that trips you up, something that that maybe convicts you personally, right? Mm-hmm. That causes you to think, what the heck just happened, right? Like, mm-hmm. You ever stub your toe and like, I'm an adult. How did I just <laughs> stub my toe? Like, you bite your tongue? You're like, I've been eating for, in my case, almost 33 years. I should not have to bite my tongue anymore because it sucks. It hurts so much. But every once in a while, it happens, right? It reminds you like, oh yeah, I still have a lot to learn. But this this idea of a rock of offense. A rock, dude, rocks, they last a long time, right? Mm. They can deal with the worst situations and still be a rock. And the amount of times that I have heard and seen and read about and witnessed Christians not wanting to be offensive. Mm. And so this comes back, this comes back to the abortion discussion. Picketing at a Planned Parenthood 
clinic is offensive. But I would the, second that. The question then becomes, is it offensive because it honors this stone of stumbling, a.k.a. Jesus, or is it offensive because you're being an idiot? <laughs> Let's yes. just say it. And, oh, man, see, this is, again, strong opinions. I say things, which is why I have a podcast. <laughs> but the concept here is like, if we think about Jesus and his life and what the scriptures record of his life, we see Jesus being offensive in situations where he is defending the truth and calling people to that truth. When he calls out the Pharisees, calls them whitewashed tombs. You look great on the outside, inside you're dead. You're a brood of vipers. Like, I would love to hear someone in modern days like, yo, you're a brood of vipers. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> what? Exactly. But the, the idea is like the only time we see Jesus get super upset in scripture is when God is being mocked, is being uh, misrepresented, or is, you know, his kingdom is being taken advantage of, right? And so I think, you know, part of me is like this rock of offense is like, so, okay, backstory. I'm teaching, we're doing an entire summer on identity with our youth group. What mm -hmm. the world says we should be, what the Bible says we should be, mm -hmm. what matches up, what doesn't. Like, I mean, and we're talking, we're talking about, you know, money. We're talking about sex. We're talking about gender. We're talking about sexual orientation. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about depression. Like, we're talking about career. We're talking about family. You're, you know, all of the things that have a very strong influence on how you perceive who I am. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of weeks, I get to teach about homosexuality. And I don't know if you've been watching the news for the last two decades, Dave, but apparently there's a part of the church that has a really strong opinion on this, this here subject. And when I see, and this is just because of where my brain is at, right? About what I'm preparing to teach and, and how I'm going to navigate this uh, topic. I see a rock of offense. And I see the Bible saying homosexuality is a sin. And then I see the cultural sides of like when, what's that name of that church in Kansas? The Hillsboro, whatever. Yeah, Baptist. The whack jobs that picketed yeah, our church. Fred well, Phelps. Both of our old church in, in Gardner. Yeah. And called our pastor's second wife a whore because nice. our pastor remarried after his first wife died of cancer and her first husband died of a heart attack. So they remarried so that, you know, it was adultery. Even though both of their, their spouses were dead. You know, real classy, classy, classy situation. But I, th I think of churches in that genre that would say homosexuality is the greatest of all sins, right? Like they, they, will, they will pick it. They will just nasty, nasty stuff. And then I think of the other side, which is like the mainline denominations, where it's like, oh, sure, you're, you're in an open, you're like, not only are you, 
homosexual, you're in a committed monogamous homosexual relationship. Sure. Be a pastor of our church. So like we've got this wide, wide, wide spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Of complete and utter acceptance to complete and utter rejection. And what I'm trying to think of like this rock of offense is like, right. So the Bible says this, which, and this is debatable, which is why we have both sides of the spectrum. Right. And which is why I think me and you, this might be one of the things we finally disagree about is Jesus calls everybody out. And so my biggest issue and what I'm trying to figure out is if I come out and say, I think the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. There is so much attached to that by default that I have to then dig through and clarify and quantify, right? Just so these kids understand where I'm coming from. Because out of one ear, they hear, yeah, it's fine. Love is, love is not a sin. Which, by the way, is one of the worst arguments I've ever heard in my life. Love isn't a sin? Well, no, not in a vacuum, it's not. What if I love money? That's greed. What if I love somebody else's wife? That's adultery and covetousness. What if I love food? That's gluttony. What if I love doing nothing? That's sloth. Like, all the deadly sins, right? So if love is not a sin, well, sure. But as soon as you attach an object to the love, it is so much easier for love to be a sin than it is for it not to be a sin, right? Mm-hmm. And and so this entire concept of love isn't love is love love isn't a sin. So why can't two guys or two women be in a loving relationship? Because you can love a lot of stuff that isn't how God intended. That doesn't make you a oh. Hmm. So so here's 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 the final thought because this is I'm very raw, very unfinished thoughts here. So what I'm trying to get at is what I hear a lot is I'm a homosexual. The Bible tells me I'm wrong. Therefore, I don't believe the Bible. Because or in my response is like, yeah, guess what? I'm a heterosexual and the Bible tells me I'm wrong just for different reasons. My issue, you know, the the reasons why I'm a sinner may be different than yours. That doesn't make you worse or me better. But it means that God is calling all of us, every single one of us, to account for the sin we have. And it's not like we have to go and plead our case. It's like, hey, here's Jesus. He took it all. And, and so that's where I... And, and again, this is very rough and not thought through, but this concept that we have, we have the church, we, big C church, has, has turned homosexuality into like the, like put it on a pedestal of like, this is what we're going to tackle. It's like, well, how about we tackle pedophilia in the church? And how about we tackle adultery? And how about we tackle divorce? And how about we talk, tackle pornography? And how about we tackle fornication? Like, we have all of these other areas that we disregard, but we've decided we're going to picket the wedding of two guys. There has to be some balance here, right? And there has to be this idea that, like, the gospel is offensive to everybody. 
for different reasons. You look like you're thinking about a lot of things. <laughs> I am. I'm thinking about a lot of things, but I'm not even sure where to begin. I guess my, my point is this. like, The gospel is offensive to everybody because it calls everybody to account for the parts of their life that do not glorify God. Whether that be your sexual identity, cheating on your taxes, you abusing your wife, like what you lying, you having like I think there needs to be a lessening of some sins in the eyes of the church and some serious elevation of others. Where we have decided culturally, yeah, I know this is a sin, but it's not a bad one. But this one over here is just, oh, if you do this, you're, you know, you're not even worth saving. And, and right. totally restructuring the conversation around, we are broken people. God sent Jesus to save us. Maybe let's cut each other some slack and figure out how we can work together to build each other up in the body. I don't know. I don't remember the last seven minutes, Dave. They're all gone. <laughs> Did I say dumb stuff? No. No. Well, you looked all. perplexed, and I thought, uh-oh. Oh, no, no. I'm not perplexed at all. Okay. Well, you, you furrowed your brow, and I thought, oh, no. Well, We're, we're about to I, have our first domestic. <laughs> well, you did say we disagreed, and I wasn't completely sure where, what you thought we disagreed on. I was under the impression perhaps incorrectly that we were coming at the how we mm, how do I want to say this I don't think we disagreed a lot I thought perhaps we were uh we were coming at the homosexuality thing just a little differently but I don't want to put words in your mouth just based on conversations we've had I I've, I thought maybe you would have slightly different opinions. Hmm. But again, okay. but again, I don't, especially no, I'm, since we're I'm, recording, do not want to put <laughs> words in your mouth. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I think I would, uh, it's funny that I'm even going to say this, but I agree with you in terms of just the, what you said in terms of, the rock of offense is it is offensive to all of us yes like that is that is literally the rock i will die on yeah like it, it is, is offensive to, to all of everyone. us everyone and and we make it about four things we make it about abortion and homosexuality <laughs> and no Repu I... republicanism and patriotism like that's what we make it about Sure. And, and there's that's like, there's like 99% more of life to make it about than those things. Sure. Sorry. You talk. I'm done. Yeah. No. So I guess, I guess in that element, I, I, I absolutely agree with you that it should be offensive to all of us. If, if, if we want to defend how we are living, it should be offensive to all of us because I guess ultimately we should be brought to a point of conviction and repentance. And so as you were talking, you know, I look at this sense of just verse 10, 3, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, 
they did not submit to God's righteousness, which I, I, I mean, I'm going to venture to throw out there that none of us submit to God's righteousness. Like when it really comes down to it, we just don't do it. Yeah. And as you were reading that sentence, I thought, well, that's the entire history of mankind. Yeah. And then for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. And so there is just this element of, you know, a you know term that we've thrown out before and we've talked about is that, you know, the gospel of sin management and Dallas Willard. And I mean, the reality is, is for, I mean, we just have to be dependent on grace. We just have to be dependent on faith. and. Uh, we have elevated things to a level that they just don't deserve to be elevated to and have just had this in my own life of just, I, you know, we talk about essentials and non-essentials. Uh-huh. And I think some of these things that are non-essential have been elevated to a point of being an essential, which I just don't believe they are. Yeah. And in my lifetime, and even raising my own kids, there's, a, there's an element of, you know, I just remember being a, being a young Christian, being a new Christian, being a Christian who is, you know, kind of coming into the having influence on others and the idea of absolute truth. That is that which is truth, true for all people at all places at all times. Uh-huh. And as I've gotten older this idea of just loving people is more important than having the, the right beliefs or the right truth and meeting yeah. people exactly where they are and being okay with that. And just kind of going, it's okay. If you believe differently than me, it's okay. If your lifestyle is different than me, it's okay. If your Christianity looks different than mine and I'm going to err on the side of what we have in common and I'm going to err on the side of love versus erring on the side of dogma and of truth and believing the right thing and and basically pointing out to you that you don't believe the way that I believe and therefore you're wrong and we can't be friends. We can't. Yeah, we can't even eat at the same restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's rather refreshing, don't you think? A, uh, what do you Christian, mean? A, a Christian worldview that bases itself on grace and mercy and forgiveness and love. Gee, hmm. where have I that heard sounds that like, Yeah, that sounds like the gospel to me. That sounds like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Man, we are, we are cynical, aren't we? <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I guess I'll close with this. Yes, please do. Chapter 10 starts, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Amen. Which is, which Amen. is such a good perspective to have and such a strong reminder. And, and to what you said just there, like, we can disagree. We can have differences of thought and opinion and truth. But if our heart's desire and our prayer to God is that they may be saved, it's like, of course I'm going to show you grace and mercy because I want you so much to know what I know. Mm-hmm. But but vice versa, if absolute truth is absolute truth and you have some, I want to learn from you. 
So it says, For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes, which is such good news. (laughs) Such, such good news. All right. Well, I think it's time to send it home, sir. <laughs> yeah. Lick I, that envelope I, and send it. Yes. Man. Amen. What, what a discussion. I hope so. I hope so. I had zero clue we were going to go to a lot of those places. <laughs> but I'm glad we did. All right. So this episode surely was not short of controversial topics. So if you would like to share your opinions... We would love to hear them. Uh, you've got many ways to do that now. Uh, the best way is to click the link in the show notes that says call us and leave a voice message because, again, I spent seven minutes on this earlier. We want to hear from you, and we want to give you um, the ability to share your thoughts as you say them with the rest of uh the audience and and begin discussion that way you can also email us that link will still be there you can also tweet at us that link will still be there as well and then you can see the list of show notes uh, links to bible verses topics all that good stuff and you can find them in your podcast player on your phone computer or ipad or you can go to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one four zero for all the goodies uh david yes Shall we bid them farewell until next time? Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And I promise, no, we won't have a one-month hiatus again. It was summer. We'll be be back soon. We miss you so much. Okay, bye. Bye.